This week, we'll learn about using virtual reality to get a true sense of how well people work together. Plus, we'll talk about a hackathon that explores the possibilities of the brain-computer interface. Hi, I'm Karen Unland. And I'm Faiza Ramji. And this is Bloom, the podcast about innovation in Edmonton. On a scale of 1 to 10, where 1 is easy peasy and 10 is super hard, where would you put hiring? Um, is 11 an option? Because that's probably what I would go with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's so hard about hiring? Why is it so, like, it feels like the hardest thing, actually. Well, I mean, everybody's on their best behavior, you know? Everyone's trying to make mm. a great impression. You've got maybe an hour max um, to really get a true sense of how someone is, how they're going to fit with your team, which I think in a lot of our professions matters more than potentially even the skill, um, you know, because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not a surgeon, so I don't need to have a specific competency that is like unparalleled. I can learn some stuff. It's no big deal. Um, and I think yeah. sometimes because I know how I am as an interviewee, I I trick myself when I'm an interviewer into thinking that somebody is just saying <laughs> what I want to hear. So I think it's 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 not knowing if you're getting the best impression and making the right decision. It's hard. Yeah, it's it's really hard to know whether someone's the right fit. And a lot of the tools that we have right now are they kind of just tell you whether someone's good at being interviewed or whether someone's good at passing your screening programs or people for getting their resume through. And there's just so much more that is connected to whether someone's going to be like a productive and pleasant and easy to get along with and coachable and everything person who's going to be on your team. And it's such an expensive mistake to make, right? (laughs) Because I remember a boss told me that hiring somebody is like a million dollar decision. And this was like 20 years ago or 25 years ago and million dollars went further. And yeah, it's like it, it's the, the consequences are, are high for making making a mistake there. But you talked to someone who might have a solution for this. Problem. That's right. I spoke with Alex Russell, who's the CEO of Align VR. They're an Edmonton-based company that are using virtual reality as a behavioral assessment tool to help improve the hiring process. They're actually showing that technology in action today, uh, July 14th, but I got a chance to hear more about it in advance. So here's my conversation with Alex Russell of Align VR. Hi, Alex. Welcome to Bloom. Hi there. Happy to be here. Awesome. Well, to kick things off, why don't you tell us a little bit about Align VR and how you got here? Ah, for sure. Yeah. So Align VR is a uh, product brand that spawned out of VR Cave, and VR Cave started in 2017, and um, that uses the latest in virtual reality technology. And uh, we've developed a line of virtual reality escape rooms, which we license out to entertainment locations all around the world. Kind of where Align VR started, as we were watching lots and lots of groups go through uh, our VR escape rooms during our testing we started to see a pattern. Shortly after a group goes in, within about the first five to 10 minutes, it was clear whether or not that team was going to succeed or not throughout the VR escape room experience. And in doing so, uh, we took a step back and like, oh, 
how do we know that this, this team is going to be successful? All right, they're communicating together. Uh, they're listening to each other's ideas. Uh, there's a leader in the group driving the discussion. They're inquisitive. They're sharing information, all these sorts of things. In short, they're working well as a team. And then we were like, oh, where else could we use this? Where else do people work in teams? So this kind of spawned the idea of having virtual reality be used as a kind of soft skills uh, team assessment tool. And uh, we started actually using it internally as our hiring process and basically give uh, the group a series of short puzzles to do um, in a brand new kind of experience. And from this, you get to see all the social collisions as people are working together and you get a very good sense of what what it's like to work with this participant in a larger team setting while doing this in the context of either a team building, team engagement, or a hiring context. Mm, cool. So what does a company need? Like, do they need to have their own VR headsets or do you provide them? How does that work? Yeah. So uh, in most cases, uh, people do not have VR headsets or definitely don't have a lot of them hanging around. So Align VR provides a service to uh, either who set our own offices in downtown Edmonton or to go on site to client locations. And the ideal setup is a 15 foot by 18 foot play space. Uh, this is usually a boardroom or an extra conference room. Uh, we can work in much smaller spaces, but generally you're looking at larger space. And then uh, you can have two all the way up to five participants go through a VR experience together. With our standard setup, we usually look at about half an hour of virtual reality. And they do a number of scenarios and different puzzles and stuff. And then uh, depending on the type of service, either, you know, they're just there for fun. So you just send them into VR. Uh, it's a fun kind of on-site team building activity. And then we also have like a team coaching one, which has a afterwards facilitation session on kind of the learnings that can be brought into the workplace. And then there's also a hiring version as well, where you're able to see much more out of your candidates through this process. And it also leaves a very positive impression um, of those candidates of the host company as well. Mm, cool. So obviously you're focused right now on Edmonton and you have, you said a VR studio downtown. What does that mean for scaling the company? If, if, the hardware is always kind of a limiting factor. Yeah. So for larger companies, especially those that do hiring events that are over a week or a couple of days, you can also use our thing as an internal assessment one. Um, we have a client off uh, in Europe, Airbus. Uh, they use it internally with their setups. They use it on their early careers program for students entering into the Airbus Airbus family. So for larger companies, that's that's kind of an option. And then we're kind of running in an Edmonton. Uh, we all, we'll also provide larger uh, expansive services to the Alberta province in general. And then we could do some one-offs in other, other cities in North America as well. So we're definitely looking to start this uh, locally kind of and run this out of, out, out of our operations. Uh, with VR Cave, we've licensed our software out and uh, with line VR, it's a little more involved. Um, so we definitely want to use iron out all those bugs. So it's as user friendly for HR managers and hiring managers so that they have a plug and play tool in the future. But for now, we directly provide the service. And I read on your website that your co-founder is also, I'm assuming your brother. Yes, that's correct. Uh, okay. Yeah, he ended up getting a PhD in computer science and uh, he's 
he's definitely involved in creating and making the technology as seamless as possible. Well, what's that like working with your brother? Uh, what, what are, let us behind the curtain. Is that fun? Is it challenging? I imagine it's probably a combination of both. Uh, yeah, yeah. Definitely at the beginning, there's uh, some challenges in working together. We actually both have a bit more of a computer science background. And then I moved much more over to the business side of uh, the business and stuff. So initially there is some butting, butting of heads and stuff um, as we had different, different opinions. I always think open discussion and some amount of conflict is good. It helps you kind of firm up your ideas and stuff. But ultimately, it's, it's actually really good with uh, working with my brother. And in the business, in the, in the business world, it's always, it's always a question of like, does your team have your back? Can you trust your partners? Can you trust your uh, founders and stuff? And having, having my brother that I've known my entire life, um, I, I can trust him explicitly and implicitly. So it's, uh, it's actually works out very much so in the, in the long term. Yeah, that's pretty, that's a pretty neat experience, I think, to be able to, you know, share a business experience with a family member, because they also kind of know where you come from, and how you think. And, you know, there's a there's at least some common foundation for some of the values and things like that, which are, are I think the, the tougher part of businesses is creating values alignment and building, you know, a, a strong culture. And so that probably does help. I mean, you know, of course, we have another brother duo in Edmonton who are building a great business, the Prochaskas who are behind goodmorning.com and, um, you know, help start article and, and all that. So obviously, you know, there is some, something to be said. Oh, and of course the sisters at, at Poppy Barley. So there is something to be said, I think for sibling founders where there's a little bit of like a, a secret weapon you've got in terms of just knowing each other. And, and like you said, trusting each other in a way that, um, maybe other founding partners can't necessarily replicate. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, very much so. And like you can give, I'd say, brutally honest feedback, uh, which mm -hmm. is great. Uh, you know, sometimes it doesn't come off as uh, well thought out as it should be. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, a sibling will understand what you mean by your words. And even if they come off a little more harsh in, in the business context, they understand deeply of like, oh, okay, this is, this is what uh, my sibling means. So communication is yeah. always key, of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned that one of your customers is Airbus. That's a pretty massive client uh, and very exciting. How did you guys, how did, did they hear of you or did you hear of them or how did that relationship start? Yeah. Yeah. Airbus was definitely a unique kind of relationship in ours. So uh, Airbus reached out to us first. Um, specifically VR on the VR cave side of things. And they saw, saw our VR technology and our VR games. And they're like, oh, hey, we'd like to have your VR set up at maybe our recruitment drives uh, so that we have a crowd drawer to, to Airbus. And you know people can come play some VR games and then, oh, they can go and uh, sign up to interview at Airbus. And I'm like, oh, okay, hmm. You, we could do that, but actually, I think we got something a lot better. So, uh, we, you know, there's a lot of meetings back and forth talking to them about Airbus. And they're like, okay, well, this is great, but we got to see it. So, <laughs> back in 20, 2019, uh, we flew over uh, twice on two different trips and demonstrated the Align VR technology both to hiring managers and to their larger staff. And then we even ran it with some of their candidates coming through as well. They absolutely loved it and stuff. 
there's so many so many unique things that this technology offers um, that you don't see in the in the hiring process elsewise. You know, I'd say typically the recruit recruitment and hiring process is always a very stressful uh, stressful thing for candidates. Usually, you don't have any fun in it. Um, it's always about being on your guard, being on your best behavior, and trying to anticipate and being as prepared as you can for the. Uh, for your interviewer. And as an interviewer, all the interviews start melding melding and feel like they're the same. There's nothing kind of unique and fun about it as well. I would say there's a lot of administration on that side. And kind of having this unique kind of VR soft skill assessment tool is a very unique way of like, there's something enjoyable for both sides. And you're getting an entirely different sense of uh, of a candidate going through than you would with just a standard interview or a questionnaire or any of the uh, personality tests as well. Interesting, and you know it, it's um, it's kind of neat. Even the different products that you have within Align VR, you mentioned you know the coaching, the team building, the hiring. How else do you see VR becoming more integrated in the workplace? VR is definitely interesting technology, generally speaking. Uh, when my brother and I first tried out VR together for the first time, this was back in 2015 uh, with the Oculus Rift Development Kit 2, I remember. Um, cool. So we bought that on a whim, tried it out, and in ju- jumping into VR for the first time, I was just blown away by the experience. I would describe it as being inside the video game, which is far different than any kind of uh, any kind of technology beforehand. And in comparing it to like 3D TVs, this is a, definitely an entirely new medium worth exploring, whereas 3D TVs, maybe not so much. <laughs> now, the first challenge on this one, of course, is similar to like when smartphones uh, first came out, you needed the right use cases, the right business cases for it. And my brother and I both agree simulation would be a great place to go. Um, and we started on the entertainment side for simulation because people will pay for the latest and greatest, even if the product isn't fully complete. And the technology has gotten better and better, uh, which has allowed Align VR to be much more uh, usable and uh, a lot more immersive as well. And generally speaking, uh, with any new technologies entering the workplace or entering even your personal life, it needs to be, well, they say, they say 10x, but 10x or it must be much better than what you're currently doing. Um, in order to for it to get adopted, you can use VR for like virtual meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels a little more imper- uh, personal than just a, a webcam. Um, you can use it for discussions. You can use it for a bunch of things. And the question you always need to ask, like, is this is this better than real life? Is this better than just using a Zoom meeting? And kind of what we've hit upon is that we are putting users into a very unique experience and. The uniqueness also lends itself to the authenticity of the, kind of the results from it as, as well. While it's both um, entertaining, entertaining, it's also ex- especially informing. On the coaching and on the recruitment side, you always need to worry about like user buy-in. Um, everyone's done coaching events and team building events where you're like, oh, okay, sure, I need to go and imagine this. Or, oh, okay, sure, I, I will buy into this. Or you, a lot of people choose not to buy into it. But um the VR and the immersion of it that the technology lends allows for a lot more buy-in. And because people aren't being lectured on uh, on practices or ideas, they're actually experiencing. The learning is far stronger as well in this one. 
the technology side is definitely accelerating um, on it. And we're heading towards a fully wireless VR, high quality, high fidelity experience. And we've had early peaks into it. And I think, I think the technology is almost there as well. So what do you think are, you know, looking even in the next 24 months to five years, what are going to be the biggest challenges with VR? Well, I think, I think the hardware is doing well. I think there'll be an amount of almost kind of retraining public perception on it. Um, the very first VR that came out in 2016, 2017, the low quality, yeah. uh, cheap stuff where it was your cell phone put into a, a visor or uh, some version of that. Uh, it was, I would say, good for 360 video, and that's about it. But people had games in there. People had a bunch of experiences in there. The graphics weren't particularly compelling. And also, importantly, the tracking wasn't fully there. So you, there's quite a bit of nauseating experiences. And a lot of people have that in their minds. And I was like, oh, I don't do well in VR because it's nauseating. Yeah. And that unfortunately is a bit stuck in the mindset. It's, it's really about the design of the experience for that level of comfort. Um, for VR case purposes and aligned VR, uh, we've always ensured that we have the maximum comforts for it. So there's no VR sickness or any nausea that comes from our experiences. And we've been very careful with the design of our products uh, for that purpose. Um, Cause it's not a fun experience if 10 minutes in, uh, you feel like you're queasy, like you've just done an amusement ride or something. So yeah. there'll definitely be an amount of uh, amount of work to kind of get over that initial experience or rewriting the initial experience uh, that people, people, people have had. And also just, uh, I guess, re-educating people on like, oh, the technology actually has gone a lot f- further and this is a lot more intuitive now. Mm-hmm. No, you don't need to be a gamer. No, you don't need to be a techie. Um, to enjoy and to be able to participate in the experiences. So I'd say it's more so kind of like audience uh, re-engagement and stuff. And Facebook yeah. or Meta, to their credit, has done a lot a lot to that kind of reinvigorate and re- reimagine the world with uh, things like the metaverse. And so we've seen a, a good amount of interest rekindled in virtual reality because of that. Do you think Edmonton is a good place for this industry? And if so, why or if if not why not yeah so i guess i'm born and raised in edmonton uh so lots of loyalty here you know did all my schooling even to the university of alberta definitely uh i'm an edmontonian through and through uh we have a wonderful resource uh pool for very talented individuals here in edmonton and kind of with the nature of our company as well we're we're very much, uh, while we have global reach, it's primarily remotely and stuff. Um, so it's, it's definitely, this is a great place to build a tech company and there's, uh, university of Alberta, university of Calgary, Mm -hmm. uh, even, even Lethbridge college and a bunch of other colleges around Edmonton and, uh, Nate, Sate, McEwen, all, all are wonderful, uh, wonderful, um, talent pools for all, for all this. And, um, and you know, so, sometimes when I think it's like, oh, well, go to Silicon Valley, that's where all startups are supposed to go at some point, or that's where they're all supposed to start. But it's like, well, yeah. Um, but we really have great talent here and, um, definitely want to go build, build our community here and 
really Edmonton makes the most sense uh, for all this. And we've seen tremendous amount of technology and startup support here in Edmonton and in Alberta. And uh, it's been active the entire time we've been here. We've seen additional programs grow and we have a very engaged entrepreneurial uh, community here in Edmonton, which is absolutely amazing. And, and we love, love being located in, uh, in Alberta, love serving and employing Canadians. Um, so that's all been tremendous. And at this point, it doesn't make any, any sense to change that at all. Perfect. Yeah. I'm a born and raised Edmontonian too. And I, and I kind of agree. I think there's a lot of great things about being based here and, uh, like any place we've, we've got our challenges, but it seems like we're definitely up for it and we're making big strides. So that's always really hopeful and, and really exciting to see. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for joining me and uh, good luck with the open house. Sounds good. And if uh, anyone's interested in learning more about Align VR, uh, check us out at alignvr.com and uh, we'd be happy to hear from you. Awesome. Thanks, Alex. That was so interesting. Uh, we talked last week about uh, G2V Optics and how that company kind of pivoted from indoor farming to research and aerospace because that's where their customers were. That's where they could find the people who wanted to buy what they make. And it seems like maybe a similar thing kind of happened here, pivoting from the very B2C, like a business to, to consumer application of VR cave to a more B2B one with Align VR. Yeah, I think it's really neat how they found you know, uh, they were able to uncover some insights through gaming that helped them figure out a solution or a similar problem in a totally different field. And uh, I think they'll continue to do so as they, you know, test and play around. And I mean, even within what, they, what they're doing with Align VR, they've already got kind of three scenarios in which virtual reality is so beneficial. And so I'm sure they'll just kind of uncover more and and hopefully kind of build more of a suite of products um, that all kind of complement each other. So it's pretty, it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting too, that Airbus came knocking to them and said, Hey, why don't you sell us your thing to do it like this? And it's like, aha, totally light bulb moment. Yeah. It also, it made me think about a thing they talk about in sales around um, asking you, are you selling a vitamin or a painkiller? And to me, VR cave is a vitamin. It's fun. A VR escape room is fun. And that, you know, solves a problem for amusement, but it might make your life better, but it doesn't, you don't need it to live, but your business needs good hires to live. And so it's when you're talking about expensive, bad decisions, then that's really, we're, we're in the medicine category here, not the nice to have category. Yeah. And I think one kind of feeds the other too. I think, um, you know, it, it's, if you can get comfortable with a new piece of technology, then you'll use it for so many more things. Um, but at the end of the day, the thread between the two is really human behavior and decision-making. And again, when mm -hmm. we talk about, you know, what's so hard about hiring, one of the biggest things is you don't get to see people in a real environment with real emotions and real tensions and things like that. So it's nice. Even, even I remember a job that I applied for 
the hiring manager made me also meet with a few key members of the team and had them interview me for fit, not for competency. But again, we're all on our best behavior. We're sitting around a boardroom table. We're chatting about fun things. But to be in a work, real work environment situation, um, I think that's where everybody, you know, your true personality and your true ability to deal with stressful situations comes out. So yeah, definitely Align VR is more of a painkiller. I would agree. I did wonder, though, how accessible this way might be for for testing potential employees. Like some people might more be more comfortable with that technology than others. And I was just thinking, like, if I went into an interview with a company and I had to have like an Oculus on my face and figure out how to do the gestures that I'm not used to doing, would would that demonstrate my potential? You know, I actually think it would be better. Um, and the reason why mm-hmm. is you may be confused by the technology, but some people, even based on language barrier, even based on social um, cues and things like that, they actually might have a harder time, quote unquote, presenting well in an interview, but they may be mm-hmm. really good in their day-to-day environment of work. And so I think the technology is definitely intimidating if you've never used it before, which I've only used it once and it was you know a long time ago. So I think that part could be a little bit challenging, but I think at the end of it, the experience itself is probably much more um, disarming than just being in a formal interview setting. Well, you listeners, you can find out for yourself. Um, we'll put the link to the uh, Align VR open house in the show notes. Um, and again, it's happening on July 14th, which is the day this episode is coming out. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about another opportunity for innovation arising from connections between humans and computers. Bloom is brought to you by Innovate Edmonton. Here's part two of MacMail's chat with Daryl Petras, Director of Business and Community Development at Innovate Edmonton. Okay, now we've got a good understanding of the breadth of things that Innovate Edmonton offers. Let's dive in. A little bit, Daryl, and maybe we could start with the one that listeners might know best, but maybe would um, benefit from a reintroduction to, and that's Startup Edmonton. What are the kinds of things that Startup Edmonton provides to entrepreneurs? Startup Edmonton is focused largely on cohort-based learning. So Startup Edmonton, as the name suggests, is more top of funnel, early stage entrepreneurship. In fact, we have support for those who are considering entrepreneurship, but may not have a company or even nail down their ideas, so to speak, in terms of which company or which business opportunity to move forward. Now, this cohort-based learning model comes in a number of different packages depending on the stage and the needs of the company. So closest to, as we'll say, top of funnel is Business Model 101. At this stage, the founders identify the various elements of their business model and learn to validate each one of them. This is not exclusive to uh, technology-enabled companies. We always have a theme of inclusive innovation, inclusive entrepreneurship, and certainly Business Model 101 caters to that well. Uh, that runs on, an um, let's say, an every two-week basis or bi-weekly basis, and it is only a couple hours of the entrepreneur's time. Now, moving down the funnel a little bit and just keeping it somewhat brief, uh, we have Discover and Validate, which is a little bit more intense. It focuses on uh, the further assessment of a lean canvas model, and we start to learn about customer discovery. Then moving right along, we move into pre-flight, and these these programs increasingly become more 
intensive and they require more engagement involvement from the founders themselves. So pre-flight one, or better known now as build, test, learn, is a focus on developing a minimally viable product. Now, we like to think the foundations of each one of these stages of programming is applicable to each company. However, we, uh, we do appreciate that when we get to these pre-flight programming, uh, we have build, test, learn that talks about how to approach the development of MVP if the company, the founders can't develop the MVP themselves through the course of the program. They need maybe a little bit more funding, maybe a little bit more time. That is the foundation of build, test, learn. And then moving we forward, we have market sell pitch. The idea here is that the would-be customers have confirmed that they're interested in the product or service. And now we need to talk about how to scale a product or service and then the basement basics of investment and pitching. And we don't go too far down that scaling piece because last but not least, we have Propel. Propel dives into a repeatable business model. And it focuses on increasing traction through sales systems and database metrics to uncover, um, among other things, international opportunities. And we'll learn in that program, the founders learn in that program, what is needed to be ready for investment. And in this program, and I want to highlight this, Mac, there'll be some interaction with um, investors and experts from Edmonton and beyond that can help help the founders determine some of the next steps in the growth of their company. And that, at a high level, rounds out some of the the core, the foundational start of Edmonton programming. And I do want to emphasize again that this is basically, or for the most part, cohort-based learning. So all of the startups going through the programs are doing it as part of a cohort with other entrepreneurs who are in the same or similar position to them. Presumably that has you know some benefit in terms of uh, Maybe a little bit of competition, but probably more likely support and, and networking. Can you give us an example or a couple of examples of uh, companies that have gone through this? Absolutely. And I don't want to uh, you know, say I'm picking favorites uh, by any means, but uh, just a quick example uh, would be Delio. Been in the program, been through Propel, a local company. They're in the due diligence phase of raising significant investment dollars and on track to reach $100,000 MRR by September. So they are seeing tremendous success. And again, we don't claim all that success is ours, but we like to think that we've helped contribute to that success. And maybe I'll throw in one more example here. Complete Solutions closed their first major sale of a waste energy equipment, uh, driving their revenue to just... um, I'll just say under a uh, under million dollars. And it's a new JV agreement to convert multiple waste streams into energy and biochar. It's just a tremendous opportunity for us as well to watch the success of these dedicated founders who take on the risk um, to grow their business opportunities and see that success and see them implementing some of the things they're learning through our startup and programming. Yeah, it's been great as a journalist to, to, to learn about these companies and to see their, their journeys unfold as we get to um, the Propel Nights and things like that. This episode of Bloom is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Even if you're a busy business owner with more meetings than hours in a day, you are calm and collected when your group benefit plan is taken care of by Alberta Blue Cross. Your employees can manage their own health, dental, life, and disability coverage online, anytime on any device, making it easier for them and for you. 
To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. Alex Russell mentioned the tremendous amount of talent that we have in Edmonton for building a company like Align VR, and I recently learned about another opportunity to surface and uh, develop such talent, specifically in the field of neurotechnology. Ooh, neurotechnology. Tell me more. Uh, so I had a chance to talk to Eden Redman of NeuralBerta Tech about NatHacks 2022, which is Canada's largest brain-computer interface hackathon. It's happening from July 29th to August 1st at the, the three big universities in Alberta, Alberta, Calgary, and Lethbridge. Teams of students and recent grads will spend 64 hours in a row, because they're young and they can do that, uh, hacking on solutions to real-world problems. Uh, can you tell us more about what kind of problems? That sounds uh, sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. So they have three tracks uh, that they call recreation, rehabilitation, and research. So some of what emerges might be kind of similar to what VR Cave started doing, like fun things you can do with an Oculus or that kind of equipment. But a lot of the uses of neurotech are more serious. So some of them are like using real-time brain activity to help someone recover more quickly from a stroke or customize like the how a prosthetic device works. It was interesting. Redman is, uh, he's really in, got into this partly because he's interest, he was interested in figuring out how neurotechnology could help deal with really difficult disorders like schizophrenia. So can we use the, the that measuring and connection with signals from the brain to provide a lot more individualized treatment for uh, a severe mental illness like that, as opposed to what he called kind of the pharmacological whack-a-mole that we use right now. Drugs can go so far, but they're really a very blunt instrument for dealing with this. Yeah, that's, um, you know, that's interesting because I, I remember a number of years ago when I was talking to the folks at Amy and they were talking about some of the work that is being done at the University of Alberta and with Amy in terms of connecting AI and ML with um, mm-hmm. diagnosing a lot of mental illnesses just based on somebody's social media uh, scripts, transcripts and things like that. And I, I do think that like, you know, we've kind of reached this, we've reached a long time ago, this baseline of how we detect and treat illnesses. And the fact that we have so many more opportunities to dig into kind of the the less absolute ways in diagnosing things and treating things, I just feel that this is work that's so important and it it's really amazing that there's so much of it happening in Edmonton. Like, you know, even when you, when again, think about the people working, folks working with NASA or Airbus coming to somebody mm-hmm. in Edmonton, it's like, there is definitely a center of, you know, not to be, not to use like an overused cheesy phrase, but a center of excellence here around really difficult technologies and really difficult problems that we're, uh, really excited to solve here. Yeah, it's also reminding me of um, our my conversation with uh, Nicholas Almedo from Co- Copperstone Technologies. He kind of said, a university makes space for you just to like noodle on mm-hmm. stuff and like try stuff out. And that's feels like what NeuroAlberta Tech is doing as well. This is like a, a, a a group that that Eden started and and is uh, 
has like a, a space on campus to to work out of and and access to researchers and equipment and very cool stuff that you get to use if you're participating in the in the hackathon to to just to just see just try and that's where that's where innovation gets born mm-hmm. definitely 64 hours is a long time though I don't th- I don't <laughs> think I, a- I don't think I could do it <laughs> Have you ever done a hackathon before? Never, but the most um, similar thing I've done is when I was like eight years old and my mom bought us a Super Nintendo console and me and my (laughs) sisters played for like eight hours in a row or something ridiculous, like played Super Mario Brothers. That's probably the longest I've done anything in my life. Yeah, well, it'll if if you want to stay up late and solve big problems or or small but interesting problems, uh, the deadline to apply for Nut Hacks is July fifteenth, and we'll link to more information about that uh, as well as my interview with Eden that we published on uh, on Taproot Edmonton. And watch for outcomes of the uh, hackathon in Taproot's Health Innovation Roundup and in our daily newsletter, The Pulse. That's it for this week. If you haven't already, hit subscribe so you don't miss upcoming episodes of Bloom. And as always, if you like this episode, share it with a friend. Bloom is produced by Taproot Edmonton with editing from Castria and Scott Lowall. Our music is by Davon Beaker and cover art by Vicky Wersinski. Bye.